What's going on, guys? And I have an important announcement, as you guys have seen on Facebook. The Warcry Podcast now has a merch store through Redbubble. What you'll do is you'll hit that link below. Select the logo that you like. You know, we got a wolf logo. We got the we got that Bigfoot scratch or the Dogman scratch logo. Uh, once you select the logo, you'll go down, hit your styles. If you want a T-shirt, if you want a you know a sweatshirt, or if you want a, you know different things or a sticker or whatever, you'll select the color of that, and then your size, and then you hit that checkout button. And hitting that checkout button and getting that T-shirt supports the podcast. And I appreciate everyone that listens. And, uh, you know, it's it's amazing. And I do truly appreciate it. But with that said, let's get to the episode. So run me my music. It's very, very dangerous. If you spotty sense, you know, I was like, oh, something's off. Ooh. And I'm just like, man, I'm waiting to hear something, you know. Get that crowd warmed up. What's going on, guys, and welcome to the 42nd episode of the Warcry Podcast. I'm your host, Jehola Tiger. Um, This episode is going to kind of be, I would say, probably an observation podcast, Um, but I'm going to be talking about a multitude of uh, topics and reviewing some things that I've seen over the course of the last, you know, week, two weeks. But the first thing I want to talk about is Res Dog's finale and the ending of that show. Um, in my opinion, that might have been one of the best endings to a show that I've seen in quite a long time. If you haven't seen Res Dog's final episode or the last you know, season, skip now until you don't hear me talking about Res Dog's. <laughs> but that show has meant so much to the Native American community. And what did I say? Native American community. Okay. Anyway, it's been a lot to to us, and and for it to be gone in three seasons, and I've mentioned this before, is kind of like makes me sad because I think there's a little bit more. Like I'd like to see Elora in college. I'd like to see Bear, you know, holding the Ford down and becoming a man. But I, um, you know, I'd like to see what Big and and Bev if they end up, you know, shacked up. <laughs> or, uh, or I'd like to see you know, kind of the old timers uh, hanging out and kind of doing some hijinks and some fun stuff. I'm sh- hopefully, you know, there's like a spinoff of that. But the final episode puts kind of the nail in the coffin. The second or the the second to last episode was basically Laura's dad and her coming, you know, basically closure with her her familiar life or his her family life, and you know, knowing that her dad is not. A, was not a good guy when she was born, but he has come full circle and he, you know, genuinely cares about her and wants her in his life. And, you know, that's, you know, something that in a lot of, you know, not saying a lot of Native American communities, but, you know, those things happen in a lot of, you know, communities. And and for that to be depicted on television, you know, like her not knowing her dad was white, she's, you know was kind of a funny thing, you know, and for it to be Ethan Hawke was kind of even crazier. I, I popped at that. I had, I thought that was awesome. But, you know, it, it just brings it home that this show is so stinking down to earth and it makes you feel like, you know, an aspect of that is your life because, you know, a lot of that stuff, I know a lot of, you know, Indians and, and you know, white people can, and non-Indians can relate to this too here in Oklahoma. 
Um, I think Eric Bailey said it best in the ter- in the Tulsa World. You know, it just is is the epitome of what Oklahoma is. It's a lot of people living around each other. We don't always disagree. Or we always don't agree, but we always fi- figure out a way to make things work at the end of the day. And I think that's amazing about that show, and just really makes me feel proud to be native and proud, and you know, proud to to be living in this part of the you know the country. Even though our governor kind of sucks, but we ain't gonna get into that. Anyways, but that show was awesome. Um, the ending, the final episode where they land, or where they're where they're burying Fixico, you know, for me brought in a lot of uh, emotions and almost had me kind of tearing up because it reminded me of my my uh, people that have passed before me, you know, and I'm I'm glad that they depicted, you know, picking that that dirt up. You know, and kind of holding it for a minute and giving your, you know, your last bit and just, you know, saying your last final words and then throwing that dirt in there. I know we we did that for my aunt who passed away last or in you know last year, I believe. Like days of running by so fast, but but yeah, and you know, and and, and the the young ones digging the hole for uh, the elder that's passed on is is amazing. You know, depicting uh, you know some, some you know some of these things that we don't really talk about we don't really you know it's kind of just done you know we just don't really you know some people don't really talk about it. we just kind of just do it and it's but it's cool to see that on, on on national television um another thing i thought was amazing was a creek home you know is getting that creek house right making sure it's you know properly put down there you know they was trying to carry it like 30 feet like no nah, things is heavy <laughs> things are heavy and i thought that was awesome too and um, you know, kind of them, the elders, you know, kind of sitting back, laughing, cutting up, talking crazy. You know, I thought that was awesome, too, because that is kind of how it is. You know, I thought it was, you know, I just thought it was awesome um, sitting back, drinking their coffee and, and kind of putting, you know, their friend to rest and bringing everybody back to the original group. Because, you know, growing up, you always had a friend group, you know. You had three or four of y'all, and y'all just all kind of hanging out. And then you kind of, you know, go your separate ways, but then you're always, you always come back. And I thought that was just awesome. You know, I, did, I just thought that ending was just so awesome, especially with everybody, Allure, going to college, Bear, you know, holding it down. His mom's moving to Tulsa, or his Oklahoma City, I can't remember. Anyways, moving to big city, getting a good job, and getting a promotion. And, you know, I just thought it was real, real good. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it was received that way too, as well, because I know some people. Are, you know, like I said, some people are not happy about the the age di- discrepancy. I know I saw some things on that. People were not happy about the the flashback episode, but it does bring into account, you know, that you know we we deal with these the mental health. You know, we deal with these things. You know, even back then, you know, I remember it's kind of a wild thing, but. I saw, a, this is, you know, I'm not trying to pick on the old timers that listen, but, you know, back in, I always, I've heard this a lot, but they say, back in the day, you know, we never had, to, we never had no mental health. We never had autism or, you know, these types of things. We, you know, we never had that. But then the, the, the microcosm of that is, oh, sitting in the same chair for 30 years in the same spot, you know, <laughs> So, you know, it's just cool to see that, you know, he was dealing with some things and, you know, he took, he wasn't right then, but then, you know, when they go to break him out, 
to go see Fixico. I think it was the the third to last episode, and they got to share that moment together. I got real, I got real emotional because you know, I hate that that's sometimes the way that we we are to each other. Is that oh you know they'll be around I'll you know we've been beefing for five six years, you know I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll reach out to them when I do you know when I do, you know but they didn't talk to you know to each other for a lot of years and it just was a real nice scene to see you know them relatives kind of coming together again and and uh, sharing those last moments and and him being there for the funeral too as well I just. Man, like I said, I can't I can't say enough to those last that last probably, you know that basically this last season, man, it was just an amazing season. Um, I like when they were trying to break uh, Graham Greene out, man. That had me dying laughing. Pat, uh, uh, Pat, uh, uh, not Pat, Jesus, um, Bev and uh, Big, man, their their thing, and when Big was walking out and he has to tell. Uh, uh, I can't remember the auntie's name, but she had come back in uh, from Phoenix or wherever she was at, and he, he was like, "Hey, uh, I'm seeing someone," and she kind of looked at him like, "All right." It's <laughs> just funny, man. Just, just funny. But, but if you have not seen Reservation Reservation Dogs or Res Dogs, what we like to call it, everybody has a little Res dog in them at some point. Go check that show out, man. The all the seasons are on Hulu or. If you got FX or DirecTV, you can see it on that or however you see it. But go check that show out. Um, it's getting five out of five for me. Getting two thumbs up for me because it's just a great show. And uh, I'm glad that Sterling Harjo was able to put that on. And hopefully he's not done, man. Hopefully he maybe does a movie or, you know, we do like a like a fast forward and they're all old. And I don't know. It'd just be kind of cool to see, you know, how it shakes out at the end. But. Moving on, um, so I had watched, a, and this is kind of a, I'm going to get on the soapbox here for a second, and, and I'm going to give some details, and I'm going to uh, share kind of what I, my thoughts are, and, and kind of how that story plays out, but I sat down and watched that 2010 Pat, uh, Pat Tillman story, I think that's where I was getting at earlier when I was saying Pat, um, but Pat Tillman you know that is a such an interesting story. Um, you could say case, but to me, I just think that's a very nasty, nasty way that our country depicts things about people. And why I say it's nasty. So Pat Tillman, if you guys haven't didn't know. Um, I'll give the story. He was a an odd guy, like a very odd guy. Um, played high school football. Um, ended up getting a scholarship to Arizona State and played and was a pretty good player for Arizona State in the early nineties, um, early to mid nineties, and then was drafted in the seventh round by the Arizona Cardinals. And he became an All Pro. He never like took you know, like, you know, after his first contract was done. I think they t- I think they said that he only made like minimum like the like the league minimum his entire career but they the Arizona Cardinals were wanting to sign him to a long-term big deal like millions and millions of dollars cuz he was an all-pro like he's all-pro safety and he turns it down um 
after 9-11 happens, um, he, you know, kind of mulls over if he wants to join the military or not, and he ends up going, and he goes through all the, the training, and then he gets the special training, and he becomes a U.S. Army Ranger, and he was killed in the line of duty, um, in 2004, I believe, and it's very sad in that story because it was he was killed by friendly fire. But it's also very nasty, and this is why I say it's nasty. Is the government lied to the family, and the family thought it was weird. You know, during his during his uh, funeral, it was on national television. He basically his family you know, you know, was very honored by the military to honor their son because they didn't know what exactly happened to their son. And originally the the official story was, oh, he was killed in the line of duty protecting his comrades against the Taliban. And that wasn't the case at all. Uh, he, he was killed by his own people. And then that's how, where it, where it came out. Well, the family thought it was weird, and so they asked for all the documents, and all the documents came back heavily redacted. Names, places, um, dates, timelines were all redacted. So the family had to go through and unredact and place in letters and words to these unredacted uh, memos. Well, the family comes out, and they're basically upset and um uh, you know, the, the military comes out and comes clean and basically says it was friendly fire, it was confusion, you know, the whole given the whole military thing. Well, during that time before they did that, and I think this is why I, I really am not a, a big truster of anything mainstream or kind of, you know, major news like CNN or Fox, um, is they were running him like he was a hero and they putting him all over the place and basically saying... If Pat Tillman could do it, you can do it too. Sign up, you know, with the U.S. Army or sign up with the military or sign up here. Basically pushing enrollment into our military and using Pat Tillman's name as a way to do that. And it later came out that Pat actually didn't, at once, he, once his enlistment was done and his contract and commitment to the military was complete, he didn't want any ties to the military at all. He wrote it multiple times on his enlistment sheet. I do not, once my, you know, commitment is fulfilled, I do not want a military funeral. I don't want anything. I, you know, if I'm killed in action, don't want anything to have to do with the military. He wanted done with the military. And, you know, during his funeral, they gave him, you know, all this military stuff and gave him, you know, all these honors and these medals and, his family, you know, his brother said it best, like, Pat's an atheist. He didn't, he did not care about God. And all these, all these uh, military people are saying, Pat is with God and, and really trying to, you know, pump up that, you know, the Christian right, you know, p political type rhetoric that Pat was a man of God. But his brother came and said, he's an atheist. He didn't believe in anything. He believed in, he didn't believe in anything, but he believed in everything. And Pat was a weird guy. Pat Tillman was a very strange guy because he, he read everything. Like, 
he had like all these books and he was very well read and you know the, the army kind of depicted him as a, to the public you know he also he's a meathead football player and that's not really who he was and you know during his time in training you know he had all these books and he would constantly read and he would talk about these things with his people and during the documentary, and this is kind of how I kind of thought it was very strange, um, you know, with his death that he was killed by friendly fire. Is there was a, a sergeant uh, in his unit is like you know came out and said, "Yeah, me and Pat didn't really agree on things. He didn't like the way I talked to him. He told me to f off multiple times, and I eventually had to corrective action him." And in the military, that could be anything, and. So Pat and this guy that was on the documentary, which who agreed to come on the documentary, basically were not, you know, in the best of, you know, terms, I guess you could say. You know, in the military, to this day, it says, oh, it was confusion. Um, you know, this is why, you know, it was it was murky out there. We couldn't see anything. But later on, so as all this stuff is coming to light... There was a a gentleman, his last name was O'Brien. It was Corporal O'Brien. He was just in the military, and Pat took a liking to this guy. So Pat kind of protected him, because Pat was kind of making his way you know, up the rank, because he was doing well. And O'Brien was a, like a me, like very, you know, shouldn't be out here. He just was not, was not good at what he, at being a ranger. And Pat took him under his wing and was trying to get him trained up, make sure he was right. And basically the O'Brien, Corporal O'Brien, you know, followed Pat everywhere. So Pat said, hey, let's go up this mountain. And so O'Brien and uh, I think it was uh, Bear was the other guy's last name. I can't remember his first name. Preston, I think. Anyways, but these, so these two soldiers and, or U.S. Army Rangers and Pat, we're told to go up on the hill to scout to see, you know, the road ahead. So they go up there and verbatim, and they had a, oh, I'm sorry, and they also had an Afghani soldier with them who was helping them. And so they go up there, and as they're making their way down on the opposite side, that's when they started taking fire. They killed the Afghani soldier, which is, to me, nasty as, as nasty as hell. They killed him, put like 20 rounds into him, and then Pat was trying to, you know, tell, like, scream at them, hey, this I'm Pat Tillman. And those two soldiers watched every single thing. And they told the, I believe they, in the document, I think, I believe they told the truth. They said it wasn't, it wasn't a misty day. It wasn't, there was no cloud cover. They knew what they were shooting at. And they kept, you know, you know, trying to, you know, ward them off. Like, hey, you know. So Pat had the idea to throw a flashbang up ahead of the road, which may have not been the best thing, because now they're like, oh, we're under attack. And the soldiers in the military to this day say, without a shadow of a doubt, that they were being shot at by Taliban. Well, there come out, it came out, once you know they read all the documents, that it wasn't, they basically were just itching for a fight, a lot of those soldiers who were in that, that squadron. They were itching for a fight, and they wanted to shoot something. Well, the military to this day will, you know, will say, "Oh no, you know, there was an accident." 
But my thought is too, when when that sergeant came on, it was like, yeah, Pat was very uh, insubordinate and blah blah blah. This this and this. It kind of told me, like, oh okay, that's very interesting. So then Pat, his last words were, "I am Pat Effin Tillman," and then he was killed, shot. And eventually the fire stopped and the, the soldiers realized, oh, we're shooting at our own people. And as, you know, as they start to investigate, the parents are sending in, like, they're trying to figure out a way how to get this looked at. Well, Pat Tillman Sr. put in a, uh, sent in an email, because he's a, a lawyer, he's an attorney, put in a uh crazy like the way he let, like worded this was like man like he's they're killing he like he knows some things and at the end he said go f yourself we know what you know what y'all did y'all covered it up the military opened reopened up the case and they found that the general who was a three-star general at the time was at fault because he had ordered those guys to be split up um and that he was it was under his leadership that the most famous soldier that may have ever, besides, you know, the presidents before, you know, as there's been presidents that have served, but have never been on the front lines like Pat Tillman, that he is to be blamed for this. And during that time, you know, it come out that 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 general and a bunch of other four or five star generals, the president the Secretary of Defense, Rumsfeld, they all knew about Pat's friendly fire like the day after. And there was a memo sent out uh, during that time that said, hey, Pat Tillman, it was a friendly fire. Like, I need you guys to understand this is a friendly fire. And we killed our most famous soldier. Well, before, when Pat enlisted, Pat, Pat was sent a letter from Donald Rumsfeld that said, hey, we appreciate you. Thank you for joining. Uh, we will be keeping tabs on you. And an email was sent out from Donald Rumsfeld to all the generals basically saying, hey, we need to keep tabs on Pat and make sure that he makes it through his enlistment. And I thought that was very interesting too. So Rumsfeld and all the generals were aware that Pat Tillman was a U.S. Army Ranger and that he was at the front lines facing the Taliban. So during that time, they go to a grand jury. This is, uh, I want to say it was like 2017. Might have been, no, it might have been 2008. It was during uh, Obama's presidency. And they call back all these generals, and basically they sit them in front of Congress, in front of this oversight committee, and nothing happened. They basically, all of, all of them said, I don't remember, I don't recall, I'm not sure, um, or, like, they kept making edits to the record. Like, for the record, I don't recall. And it just was a it was a mess, and they ended up closing the case after that. And they just, it's just swept under the rug after that point. And to this day, I know even, like, 2017, uh, uh, Donald Trump retweeted something that said, oh, about when it was Colin Kaepernick was taking the knee and things like that. So they portrayed Pat Tillman as this, this symbol for hero, like you know, being heroic, and yeah, he is a hero. Like 
he stood up to a lot of stuff. Like he was a he was a gay rights activist. Um, you know, he uh, he was very opposed to the war, and he made that very clear to a lot of people. Um, and I, that might have been one of the reasons why you know they they you know these other soldiers didn't like him. Um, he was in the middle of Iraq. He thought he was going to Afghanistan, but they ended up sending him to Iraq. And his second day there, when they bombed, when uh, we were bombing, when America or the U.S. was bombing the entire city that they, that Pat Tillman was at, he was very disgusted and he wanted out. And he even, um, right before he passed, he went to his old football coach who was now, I think, at the Tennessee Titans or I can't remember where he was at. Basically, you know, told him, it's like, hey, when I'm done with the military, I'd like to come back and play football for you and you only. And so it's just very sad. I watched that documentary. It, it's on Tubi right now, and it's called The Pat Tillman Story. If you want to go watch it, I'm, I'm probably missing some details, but that's pretty much the, the whole crux of that documentary. But go check that out, man. That it just made me feel like like our country, like we... We just we're just na- like we're we're like the villain like we're we're like Darth Vader to everybody, and we you know we sit here with our our hubris and we, we're not our things aren't even right like we're not even like we're not we're so focused on everybody else we're not focused on ourselves and it's just very nasty the way they they the way that you know I'll say the right wing and now the left you know left wing have continued to uh, use Pat Tillman in a way to, to boost up enrollment and, and you know, pass along political ideologies that, you know, that make people want to join the military. So that's just, I don't know, that's just those are the two kind of things that have kind of been on my mind and I've been thinking about as of late. And, you know, if you're, like I said, if you're, I'm not trying to hate on anybody who's Christian or, if you're if you if you believe or if you go lean right wing or if you lean any type of way, um, but if you go back and you and like I said watch the documentary, they used him and he wasn't that way at all. The way that they were using him and that's if you can't agree with that's if you can't say that's nasty, then I don't know what to tell you. Like I'm just I'm just a guy with an, with with opinion and sharing information, you know from you know from his family and those are act, you know testimony testimonies from his family. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm neither here or there when it comes to, to politics. I'm just a guy, basically. But I just thought it was very nasty that, that they used him in that light. And, and he didn't want to be, he did not want to be represented. And he didn't want to know statues. He wanted nothing. He just wanted to sell off into the sea, play football, and, you know, do his thing. You know, and that's, you know, that's just kind of what we do here in this country. We like to exploit uh, tragedies and you know, things, shortcomings of people. We just like to do those things, I guess, in this country. But, but um, I appreciate everyone that's uh, listening to this episode. I know, like I said, I know these are just some two things, Res Dogs and the Pat Tillman story. Go check those things out. Um, you know, it's a very, it's a very strange time. You know, like we're, we're, we're moving to, to some things that, you know, that I'm just kind of like, man, this is kind of wild, but, you know, we're finding dinosaurs on different, you know, islands, which we'll get to that. Um, you know, they're, they're finding, you know, ancient artifacts that, um, that are changing history. Uh, we'll get to, like I said, all these things we'll get to, you know, 
you know, there's a theory that, you know, there's a, we've made up a section of time. That's why there, there was no creations in that time. It's just, there's a lot of things being unearthed that, you know, that's happening at this time in, in, in history and in, in this point, um, in our, in our planet that I, I'm glad that's happening. And it's just very, very, very strange, but you guys can message me on Facebook, you hold a tiger, um, Send me a story. We're looking at doing, possibly, I'm going to put a poll up. If you guys want, this is Creepy 4 on Halloween. You let me know. Send your stories in. I got a few stories lined up um, You know that we can do probably a 30-minute episode on on some creepy stuff. And Or if you guys want me to do a special guest, I'm going to have that poll out there too as well. Um, also... Um, TikTok and Instagram, Warcry Pod. Go follow those. I'm we're trying to get I'm trying to get some more content up on TikTok. Kind of been faltering, you know. It's been a busy week. Um, you know, I'm this episode is going to be coming out next week. So the OU Texas game. Um, if you're you know, craziness. That's all I'm going to say. But I appreciate everyone that listens into the podcast, and it's very much appreciated. And I'll catch you on the next one.